Welcome to Girl Power. We are the Bad and Bougie Boss Ladies on a phenomenal journey to help you discover your power, passion, and purpose at the convergence of love, romance, and finance. I'm your host, Kisi Monique, along with my co-host, Kertisha, Cherie, and Christian. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time for a half hour of girl power, empowered to be her. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. Good morning. I'm your host, Kesey Monique, authoress, coach to women, mentor, and entrepreneur. Welcome to week three, the secret language of rock solid, confident people. So let's recap. In week one, we did the pillars of unshakable confidence. And last week, we did the importance of having confidence in your life. I'm not going to keep you that long today, but I do want to touch on the secret language of rock solid, confident people and the things that they do. So let's dive in. Number one, they are changed by the renewing of their minds. You might ask, what does that mean? It comes from the Bible. The scripture reads from Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think for a minute of how you see certain trends going on in this world. Who's leading these trends? How these trends affect people? I can give an example and say... I'll just say a celebrity. You might see a celebrity doing something on TV. And then you may see a group of celebrities doing something similar. In essence, whatever they're doing, eventually they get paid for it. Some people will make a mockery of themselves. Some people will make a mockery of other people. Regardless of what it is, eventually they'll get paid for it especially if it's something funny. In turn, the little people, which is what I call people who are not celebrities, some of us try to jump on that same bandwagon because, oh, we see this person doing this, they got paid, and oh, they have these nice things, I'll say, materialistic things. We don't know exactly how they feel about themselves on the inside, We only know what is portrayed on TV or what we may see in this realm of celebrity ship, I guess you can call it. If you look at people like Kate Spade or Robin Williams, they suffered internally and no one really knew to what extent. So when the Bible says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, these are things that they're talking about. Trust me when I say this, there's no pun intended to Robin Williams or Kate Spade, may God rest their souls. But what I am saying, those two had a plethora of money, but yet they suffered. And to all of Robin Williams' fans, which I was definitely one, it is heartbreaking to know that with all the money he had, he still couldn't get the help he needed. And we know money cannot buy love, money cannot buy happiness, money cannot 
heal your soul. So there was something missing. I do not know a lot about Kate Spade. I haven't studied her life or anything like that, but I do know I like some of her designs. The black and white, black with the gold, black and white and gold, the polka dots, the stripes. I love stuff like that. It saddens me that no one could reach these people. Yet you have other people who are out here, like I said before, making a mockery of life and things that are private or should be private no longer do secrets of the bedroom or things that we do behind closed doors. It's like open it up to the world. And you have a lot of people who are trying to copy that. The life of reality TV, I guess you could say, in a sense. And don't get me wrong because I'm not knocking anyone for what they do or how they do it. What I'm saying is there's a pattern. So we don't want to conform to those patterns. Even when the trends are good things, we still don't want to just conform to those things. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the scripture reads, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now that's what the scripture says. That's not what Kesey says. Kesey's ideas and thoughts will align with that of the word of God. However, we all have to be careful in what we're allowing in and what we're taking in and how it affects us. There are things that we can watch. There are things that we can hear that will enter our lives in such a negative way and impact everything around us. So please, 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 I urge you to be careful what you allow to come into your mind. Some people may say, oh, it's just TV, da, 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 da. And this is true for some, yet others, it will seriously affect their psyche. Please be careful. Number two, the secret language of rock solid, confident people is they move by faith. I can safely tell you. We could say, oh, I have faith. I have faith. Oh, I have faith. Faith in you doing the right thing. Faith in making things happen, so to speak. Faith in you manifesting your own blessings, which in a sense is very true. However, I can remember a time in my life where my faith was so strong. And when I tell you it was relentless, there was nothing I would not trust God for. Isn't that amazing? That we can literally just say, Lord, I just trust you. I trust you to bring me through. I trust you to provide the way. I trust you with everything. And that's where I am today. I'm trusting God for a lot of things. But there's a but there. The Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why is it impossible to please God? Well, we do not see God, but we know he's there. There are several parts of your body that you do not see, but you know they're there. There. there are things in your body that have to move simultaneously. You don't see them, but you know they're there. Yes, they can be seen with microscopes and different machines and things like that, but ultimately you do not see them. When you see God is on the other side. Where are you going with this, Kesey? What I'm saying is there has to be a belief in what is not seen in order for the manifestation to take place somewhere in the process of your faith. I will tell you, there was a time that I wanted to be married. We ain't going to include the first marriage. <laughs> 
not going to include the first marriage, but I'm going to tell you from the first marriage, I knew there were things that I had to do. I did not want to choose the same type of guy. I was that one. I did not want to marry a guy that was just like my dad. That's what I did the first time. I married a guy who was just like my dad. That taught me what I don't want. Nonetheless, I knew that if I wanted better, I had to do better. I had to be better. I had to heal, essentially. These were things I could not see. You don't see healing. You just do it. Whatever the process was or is, you just go through it gracefully. Sometimes you may have to ask God for the strength to go through because things can get highly intensified at times. You may not know how to deal with it. We don't understand how to deal with everything that comes our way. We just don't. However, there was a time I knew I wanted to be married. I somewhat knew the type of man I wanted to be married to. So I dated here, there, or whatever. There were times I went celibate. I was like, I didn't want anybody in my space. I just wanted to do me. What that entailed was going to church every Sunday, getting involved in pro-social activities. Could be something in the church that I wanted to do, which at a time I was a praise dance leader. I was in the choir. Yeah, I can sing a little bit. La 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 la. Nonetheless, those were times in my life that I wanted to build upon things that I knew God was calling me to do. There was still that piece of me that wanted to be married. If you purchased my book, The Day I Met My Boaz, if you've read the book, check it out. There were three different guys that I dated at three different times in my life. That last one, Mr. Love Pistol, he was the one that made me say, you know what? This is it. Enough is enough. I do not want to do this again. I'm not going back into another relationship with foolishness. I'm not going back into another relationship on the hope and a whim and the prayer. I'm going in knowing what I want and I'm not settling. I'm not going to compromise with things that I know are valuable to me. Now, you might say, that sounds very selfish. Oh my gosh. Well, guess what? Maybe it is. But your girl won in the end and got exactly what she wanted and then some. So check this out. There was prayer, there was faith, there was healing, and there was action, which takes me into number three. People who know the secret language of rock solid confidence, they understand that faith takes action to activate. So there was action. Okay. So what essentially happened is I began to write things down because faith comes by hearing. So I had to hear something, hearing from the word of God. I had to hear something from the word of God that sparked my interest in where I was at that time. There were several messages, but there was this one. I want to say this pastor, I want to say his name is Dr. Odebill. He's from Africa and the church I attended at the time, Cottonwood Christian Center. If you are anywhere near the Orange County, LA area, please visit Cottonwood Christian Center. OMG. If you are looking for God to change your life in a real way, please visit. If you can't get there or you don't live in California or that region of California, definitely Definitely look up Answers with Pastor Bayless. It might be Answers with Bayless. Whatever the case is, look for Cottonwood Christian Center online and you can find any of Pastor Bayless's podcast or anything like that. Nonetheless, this particular pastor came in because Pastor Bayless, I want to say he was in Asia at the time. He has traveled all over the world, but he was in a different country at that time. So he had this guest pastor come and it was on Mother's Day. When I tell you, I still remember the 
fire from that message. This is Mother's Day 2009. That pastor preached and taught this message. And when I tell you, I wanted to get up and run all around that campus. I was amazed at what God was doing in my life. This pastor preached on Mother's Day. He spoke about the widow who was left with two sons, but she was also left with a lot of debt. And they were coming to take her two sons as repayment. And she cried out to the prophet Elisha. And the long and short of it is Elisha asked her, what do you have in your house? And oftentimes we overlook what we have in our house. And yes, this could mean our physical house but it could also mean what do you have in your hands what's in your mind that you could pull out and make something that will essentially be more than what you need in other words and when the prophet asked her what do you have in your house she responded to him and said according to second kings 4 and 2 your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil so elisha gave her an assignment he could have turned her away like a lot of people do think about this if you have a difficult situation oh my gosh mm, something just came to me i will say this if you have a difficult situation it could be a lot of debt it could be something you're trying to overcome it could be burdens from the past anything there's something that has to be done in order to overcome it and this is what elisha gave her gave her an assignment and like i said he could have turned her away and said oh you just got too much drama girl you just going to get them boys up and move on he didn't do that. He gave her an assignment. That assignment was to go and borrow vessels from everywhere. She was to go and borrow these empty vessels from her neighbors, whoever she could find that would give her a vessel. He told her, don't just gather a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. This was amazing because remember, all she had was a jar of oil. So she went from him, shut the door upon her return with her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out the oil. If she did not have faith, she would not have acted. But not only did she have faith, she activated that faith with action. She was given an assignment. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. She was rolling. The momentum was going. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil stayed. Yet she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Therefore, the oil was so much that she and her sons could pay their debt and live off of the rest. Thus, the widow was not only delivered from her problem, but she was more than delivered. She got an oil treasure, basically. And all of this because she sought deliverance. She sought deliverance through faith and she made an action. She did actions that took her faith from just being in her mind, but now coming into manifestation. She did something for these things to manifest. They don't just manifest because it's in your mind. You have to do something. The Bible also tells us that faith without works is dead. This is why it takes action. You got to get up and make works happen. You can't just sit there and say, Oh, I have faith. Oh, yeah, I have faith. And do nothing. It's not going to drop out of the sky. It's not. What this pastor 
preached on on this Sunday with this message about the woman, her two sons, the prophet Elisha and the oil. When he talked about how she began to pour into those jars, it's not clear as to what size the jar was or how much oil was in the jar. So when we think about a jar of oil, we probably think of like a mason jar size or something like that. For them, that could have meant like a keg, a barrel or something like that. Something to that size. Nonetheless, she was able to pour and fill and sell and pay off her debts. She did something with her faith. And as he began to preach I began to see the hand of the Lord moving in my life, literally in that moment. I mean, if I could have literally just jumped all over the campus, I mean, just bouncing off the walls. I mean, I was so on fire for this message. Let me tell you something. This message is so powerful. I've even written to Cottonwood, I think it was last year, might have been earlier this year. I wrote to them to ask them if they have the message because in the process of moving, some of my things were lost, some things were stolen, and I cannot find it. And unfortunately, they did not have the message where they could replay it or download it to a podcast or something like that. But that message was powerful. And I've heard this message preached many times, but none like what this pastor preached. So what I'm saying to you, You have to be changed by the renewing of your mind. You have to move by faith and you have to activate that faith with action or else you're going to continue to be non-confident. You will not be confident. You will lack confidence. You'll have a what what we call the faux locks. For those who know what locks are, the faux locks, you have faux confidence, F-A-U-X, confidence. And you don't want that. You want the real deal, holy field. I can honestly tell you, even teaching these messages over this week and the past two weeks has greatly impacted my life. I hope and pray that it has greatly impacted yours as well. But I want to leave you with this. Do not allow yourself to be overtaken by what was. Use those as tools to empower yourself. Use them as tools to set boundaries. And that was the point that I was making when I said earlier about knowing that I wanted to get married. The ending of that is I knew I didn't want a man who was like my father because, again, I did that with my first husband. So I knew I had to do some things. And again, if you got the book, The Day I Met My Boaz, you'll read in there the third guy that I dated was the one that pretty much let the pressure out of the pot. It made me say, I don't want to do this again. I have to do something different in order to get better results. What did I do? I had to go through healing. I was in a process. Was the process pretty? It never is. Think about it. Go back to when I said about the process, how you go to the store and you buy these groceries, you sit them on the table and say, hey, here, go ahead and eat. It's still in the process. Those groceries are still in a process. And that's where I was. I was in a process. But I didn't want that to affect where I was going. And I was not going to allow the last guy I dated to be the last guy that I dated. 
I knew I wanted to date my husband and hang out with my husband and he'd be my best friend and I'd be his best friend and we have this life together. But it took me changing the renewing of my mind. I had to go to therapy because I didn't understand. I didn't understand what I was doing. I was not taught. This is why the Bible tells us there's safety in the multitude of counselors. In going to therapy, I moved by faith. What did I do to move by faith? I started writing things down. What do I want? I established my 80-20 rule. I talk about this in my in my book. I established my 80-20 rule. 80% of what I must have will not compromise. I don't give a hoot. You got to go. 20% was my negotiables. When I finally did get to meet my husband, we talked about that. But I can also remember a time when I could see him in my dreams. I mean, we were at the altar. I knew he was tall. I knew he was dark-skinned, but I couldn't see his face. But that's where my faith was. It was so strong. I knew it was going to happen. I knew that I was destined to be a good wife to a good man. And when I say destined, I don't mean that's my only destiny. I just mean that part of my life. I knew there was so certain things that I needed from a marriage because I knew what I was giving. I knew what I was bringing to the table. And I know it sounds selfish to say, oh, well, you know, you know, what well, matter of fact, let me back up. One person told me, well, several people told me, but one person in particular told me that's selfish for you to want a man who doesn't have children. I didn't think it was selfish at all. My children's father did not want anything to do with them. Did not step up. If the father couldn't have me, they didn't want anything to do with the child. That's what's selfish. I'm the parent who stayed. I'm the parent who went through the trenches with my children. Okay. So asking God to bless me to meet this type of man, give us that presentation with one another because you know I don't believe that God just throws people together because he gives us a choice in a matter so to say that God put you with this person is in my opinion basically I'm gonna leave that alone nonetheless I believe God presents things to us and allows us to choose as he does with everything from the beginning of time now there was the presentation between my husband and I and there were things that I asked him and there were things that he asked me. In our very first conversation, we covered so much ground. We were on the phone for like 10 hours. What could you talk about in 10 hours? Oh my gosh, we talked about everything. And I knew from that conversation, I wanted more. I wanted to know who this person was. Well, he knew that I was the woman he wanted to marry. Nonetheless, I did not want a man who had children. Because I went through the baby mama drama. I wasn't up for it. I was not bringing that to the table. You see what I'm saying? So there was a balance there. Nonetheless, this person tells me, well, that's not fair. You got kids. Well, just because I got kids doesn't mean I have to have a man with kids. I wanted a man with no children because, again, I didn't have the baby daddy drama. I didn't allow baby daddies to control my situation. I didn't allow them in my personal space. They didn't know my personal business. And therefore, I felt justified as to why I could legally, with authority, go to God and say, this is what I desire. What did you do to get that far, Kesey? I didn't settle and I didn't compromise on what my desires were. I knew there were certain things I needed from a man who did not have children of his own, such as he had to be willing 
to love my children as his own, which my husband does. He had to be willing to learn what he didn't know. And guess what? I spent a weekend here in Georgia. My husband, at the time, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend. He took me out. We had an amazing weekend. I mean, and we didn't do anything that was just all over the stars. It was cold out here. We really didn't want to hang out too tough. So we did We did go out to eat. We just hung out around the house and we talked, we laughed, we ate, watched movies. Like we just did couples things, right? When I got back to LAX, he shared with me that he wanted our relationship. He said, but I just have one question for you. And I said, what's that, babe? And he said, if you catch me falling, if you see me falling, will you grab my hand and help me? And I said, absolutely. I sure will. And there have been times where he didn't understand what to do or how to do it. And he would ask me. And then there were times where I would catch him. And lovingly, I explained to him these things. I expressed how I feel. And he has done the same thing with me. And why is there the 80-20 rule, Kesey? Because no one is 100% absolute outside of the Trinity. We're not 100% well put together the way we want to be. We can only strive for it. But in the process, there's 80% of what I must have. And that is going forward in any area of life. What about the job? Okay, so guess what? If that job can give you 80% of those things that you desire, go for it. If it's 79%, I wouldn't do it because now you're getting into compromising. What are the negotiables? What are the things that you can compromise on? You can't compromise on what you must have. You can compromise on the imperfections that don't affect the character of someone or something. So on that note, we'll pick up next week. Next week, we'll be talking about the steps to take to build that unshakable confidence. The secret language of rock solid, confident people. Girl power. Stand in your power. Pursue your passion. Define your purpose. And as always, keep it pretty in pink.